Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, yeah. how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. Well, we've reached a Friday. Hopefully you have a great weekend in store. We'll try to wrap up your work week with plenty of football talk right here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com. And on the free WSBT radio app, it's a free download if you go to the iTunes or Google Play stores. Just search WSBT radio. And with the app, you can listen to us live. Our podcasts also are available. And we have the Twitch app, our video up and going of the show. Just get the Twitch app for free. And then just search Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. It is 79 degrees in downtown South Bend with some bright sunshine. Tonight, partly to mostly cloudy. Comfy, a low of 58. Saturday, mostly cloudy. Chance of some rain, very light chance, a high of 78. And Sunday, mostly cloudy. Slight chance of rain in the morning, a high of 77. And looking ahead to next week, boy, the mild temperatures continue Monday through Friday. The highest of the five days is 82 degrees. So the air conditioner can take a little bit more of a break. Nine minutes after five o'clock, welcome to the program, which is being brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser. We love our good friends at Budweiser. They've been a part of this program for many, many years. And Budweiser is the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. And by Pet Refuge urging you to adopt 
Don't Shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. Sports Beat, a full two hours once again tonight. The South Bend Cubs up in Appleton, Wisconsin. They'll take on the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers tonight. Pre-game 720, first pitch at 740 right here on WSBT Radio. Right now, let's say about what's coming up on the program today. Our Twitter question of the day in the next segment. Our Irish Players Spotlight will feature linebacker Marist Leofow coming off an injury last year, looking good right now and ready to roll in 2022. Our My 5 Question of the Day, the top five storylines that could come from this weekend. And we'll kick off the 6 o'clock hour with some Marcus Freeman comments from earlier in the week. Everything from who stood out from spring to fall. What's the next step for Isaiah Foskey? And a question that he's probably tired of. And that is, what's it going to be like to go back to your alma mater to take on Ohio State? He's actually coached against Ohio State, but first time as a head coach. Also in the 6 o'clock hour, our sports wagering segment. All coming up on this edition of Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. And our first pitch tonight centers around the Irish offense. The wide receiving core, pretty shallow this year. And one of the guys the Irish are counting on did not practice today. Let's tell you what we know, which is not, honestly, a whole lot at this point. But Deion Colsey, last year as a freshman, four catches for 67 yards and limited opportunities for Tommy Reese's offense. You enter this season, Deion Colsey and a group of players that are battling for playing time. There's not a lot of depth in the wide receiving core at this time. Some pretty good players are going to be added next year, but right now you're working with basically a couple of veteran players that are healthy right now and Braden Lindsay and Avery Davis, eventually a guy like Joe Wilkins, another older player, will be available health-wise to see if he can bring some productivity to the wide receiving core. you got Matt Salerno as well. Then you've got the sophomore class, who we got a little taste of last year in particular, Lorenzo Styles and Colsey. And the third member of the group, maybe one of the big risers from last year, and that is Jaden Thomas. And then you've got one freshman in Tobias Merriweather. So health-wise, outside of Joe Wilkins, you have seven guys battling for playing time. Styles, Lindsey, Merriweather, Davis, Salerno, Thomas, Colsey. Well, the media allowed to see the first five periods of practice today, and one player not practicing was wide receiver Dion Colsey. He had a brace on his left knee. Now, he worked out to the side of practice. There was no media availability today. Head coach Marcus Freeman will answer questions from the media tomorrow at noon, so we'll get more details on the status of Colsey. Not here to bring out any panic or anything, but 
Hey, anytime one of these skill position guys, in particular running back and wide receiver, go down with an injury, it is a cause for concern just because of the limited numbers right now in those two spots. You know, going into fall camp, I felt like Colsey had a chance to be the starting boundary wide receiver. That's the short side of the field where the sideline is much closer to the wide receiver. There's not as much real estate. You like that big physical guy to handle that spot. So Colsey was a possibility. Jaden Thomas has really come on strong. He's a possibility. In the slot, Avery Davis comes back from the ACL. You know, personally, I love Lorenzo Styles Jr. in the slot. And, you know, honestly, we might see him in various spots. In fact, all these wide receivers are being cross-trained so they can be used wherever Tommy Reese wants, to be quite honest. Styles in the slot's exciting, but I understand Davis being their veteran player, reliable. Maybe Styles is the field wide receiver. But again, they can move around. So let's play the what-if game. If Colsey is down for a time, does that solidify the chances of Jaden Thomas to enter the starting lineup with maybe Davis and Styles? That's a wild guess at this point. But it is something to consider. Colsey is a guy after his freshman year last year when he got his feet wet, did not get as much playing time as Styles but showed enough productivity to put him on the list of guys that we felt like can really help this offense in 2022. So if Colsey's down for a while, that's just another option gone. So let's say, let's pretend. We don't know at this point. If Colsey can't play against Ohio State, you're down to basically six wide receivers and one of those six has never played in a college football game. Another has mainly been a punt returner. So you're down to four guys that maybe you can count on. And even Jaden Thomas hasn't played that much. So you can almost narrow it down to three. Styles, Lindsey, and Davis. Makes you a little uncomfortable knowing the first game against number two Ohio State, even though their offense is a lot better than their defense still. Makes you a little uneasy, I guess, as an Irish fan. But the good news is Jaden Thomas, of the three freshman wide receivers last year, we knew the least about him. We didn't see him a whole lot, except on special teams. But now he's coming on strong. This is what Marcus Freeman had to say earlier in camp about Thomas. We're going to need him. We're going to need him to, to have a huge role for this offense this year. We challenge him. I challenge him all the time. I'm going to need you. We're going to need you to step up. And uh, he's a confident kid. He is continuing. He's getting better and better and better, and uh, that's all we ask. But um, he's going to have to get better fast because we're going to need a lot out of him. He's got to be a guy that if we're, uh, our defense is playing man coverage against us, we feel like we can go to him and win. That's going to. That's got to be who he is. And that's a pretty exciting statement and a, a statement that catches your attention, the confidence that Marcus Freeman has in Jaden Thomas. So you go into this Ohio State game, again, if Colsey can't go, I think Braden Lindsey becomes even more important than I first thought at the start of the year. First off, he's got the tools to be an explosive player on this football team. Hopefully this is the year that it all comes together. I mean, I think back many, many, many moons ago, 
there were a lot of Irish fans that gave up on Maurice Stovall after his first three years. His fourth year, he blossomed into a big-time college football player under Charlie Weiss and then had a nice go in the National Football League. You just never, ever give up on a guy. And that's why I'm hoping Lindsey can be a profitable player for this offense. And if Colsey's down, I mean, you look at the numbers, Thomas, Davis, Styles, Lindsey, he's going to have to be very important for this football team. So it's an interesting storyline that we're going to have to watch. We'll find out more from Marcus Freeman tomorrow. Maybe it's a short-term injury. If it's something longer, then it brings a lot of other questions into play. The fact he was moving around a little bit on the sideline, hopefully that's a positive. But Colsey not practicing today for this Fighting Irish football team. You know, on top of everything else with the passing game, we're still waiting to see who the starting quarterback is going to be for the Fighting Irish this year. Now we're just one week into fall camp. We have not heard from Marcus Freeman since last Friday. We have not heard from offensive coordinator and quarterback coach Tommy Reese since Saturday. So there's a bit of a gap in a lack of information about where we stand in the quarterback competition. Now, on Wednesday's Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, I talked to Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. And I asked him, based on seeing a full practice and a couple other small practices, how he would pass along to Irish fans where we stand right now with the quarterback competition. Tyler Buckner seemed to be the leader in the clubhouse going into fall camp, but he was being pushed by Drew Pine. I kind of felt like it was Buckner's job to lose, but Drew Pine obviously is not going down without a fight, which is not a surprise. But as you will hear from Tyler, this competition might be a little more interesting than we first imagined. In short, closer than expected, Maybe an actual competition. Like you said, I think it was kind of a formality and everyone's expecting Marcus Freeman or maybe they do some social media reveal because they seem to be pretty good at those of late to name Tyler Buckner as the starter. But I think just after that, and I don't want to be a prisoner of, of the moment, but after that first practice, like you said, we saw the whole thing. That's two hours of football. And of course, most of everyone's attention was on the quarterback because those are the two guys that you want to watch. And that's, you know, the most important player on any football team is the quarterback and Notre Dame hasn't named a starter. So you're looking at those guys. And from what I saw, there was not a clear front runner. And if Tyler Buckner was, you know, primed as that guy, as we, we have done on this show, you look at blueandgold.com, you look at all the other outlets that cover Notre Dame football and even some of the national outlets, Everyone's kind of expecting Tyler Buckner to be named the starter at some point, and and that could still be the case. I think everyone is still in that boat, but what Drew Pine did on that Friday would tell me, and I think he told a lot of other people, maybe this is a little tighter of a race than people expected, or maybe he's a more capable backup, and and that was his way of saying, hey, you know, I I might lose this thing, but I'm in it to win it, and I'm going to play really well from the start, and you know, they're going to have to say that Tyler Buckner was that much better than me because I'm going to play really well. And that's what Drew Pine did on that Friday. We didn't see a whole lot of, you know, actual scrimmage type stuff. The teams weren't going up and down the field. Um, you probably read that it was a lot of red zone stuff, you know, 15 yard line and in even. And 
Obviously, Tyler Buckner was probably playing against more of the ones than Drew Pine was, but over the course of probably 30 to 45 minutes of just 15 yards and in, we got a pretty good feel of you know who had a good feel of quarterbacking those units. And I would say Drew Pine had a better day, had more touchdowns, better completion percentage. They both only threw one interception, and that's been an emphasis going back to the spring is taking care of the football. So that was good from, from that standpoint. But just overall, I, I think, you know, Drew Pine, is, he's a junior. He's, you know, lost one of these quarterback competitions last year. He's been a backup for two years. I think it was his way of saying, hey, look, you know, you, you guys are going to have to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to straight up lose this thing. Tyler Buckner is going to have to win it over me. And I think that's going to carry on a little longer than people expect. Now, you're not the head coach. You're not the offensive coordinator. So I'm asking basically your opinion more than anything else. But based on what you saw in that two-hour window in which you've described, the competition looks a whole lot closer than maybe we expected. Do you think it opens the door for not only Pine to be a major factor here, but is there any chance Notre Dame could go down that road once again and use two different quarterbacks since the traits of these two guys are a little different? Yeah, you, you hit on a lot of really key things right there. And obviously the big one is, is there a possibility that we see both at some point you know, throughout the course of an entire season? And I would say yes. And my big reason for saying that is I asked Marcus Freeman this question pretty much directly in his office when we got him one-on-one over the summer. And he said he's, you know, the two-quarterback system is never really the preferred route. You'd always like to have one guy stick to that guy. But if it so happens that they have to use both, well, they have both on the roster. And, you know, neither of them is taking a red shirt here this year, um, you know, unless someone gets injured and, you know, Tyler Buckner can only play in four games or whatever. And that's obviously not what you want. So, you're going to use both guys, and if you have to use both guys, they will. But I think this also goes back to what I said about only playing 15 yards and in. And look, they weren't in full pads, so these quarterbacks weren't getting hit. And quarterbacks aren't getting hit in most practices anyway. But you go back to the blue-gold game, and you know we saw Drew Pine struggle a little bit between the 20s, you know, in the middle of the field. He gets down into the red zone. I think we see a better Drew Pine, more of a playmaker. That goes back to the the gamer in him and the moxie in him. But if you're trying to move the ball 80 yards down the field, Tyler Buckner is probably still your best option because Mm -hmm. he can give you that running element. He can get outside the tackles and, and do a lot of those sorts of things that Drew Pine probably can't. So we can't use that one practice as, you know, a key, you know, the sole determinant in saying, this race is much closer than expected. I think Drew Pine, you know, both things can be tr- can be true. Drew Pine showed me something that day, but there was also, you know, a little left to be desired, and that wasn't Buckner's fault. That was because we didn't get a true glimpse of what, you know, the Tommy Reese-Notre Dame offense is going to look like in 2022. That was from Wednesday. Tyler Horkin, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. The fact that Buckner could not be hit, honestly, I think it hurts Tyler Buckner. His ability to run with the football, elusive, make something out of nothing, I think is a very important part of this offense. His versatility, running and throwing the football, in my opinion, 
brings a higher ceiling to this Fighting Irish offense. I agree with Tyler going back to the blue goal game. And we always take anything that happens in the blue goal game with a grain of salt. It's game action, but we've been through this a lot of years where a player looks absolutely like an All-American in the blue goal game, and then we never hear from him again in the fall. But Drew was very up and down in that blue goal game. With the spotlight on him, he had the offense to himself, basically, with Buckner injured at that particular time. And there were some good moments, but there were struggles along the way as well. Some accuracy issues. So... We'll find out more tomorrow what has happened since last Saturday, the last time that Tommy Reese spoke to the media. Marcus Freeman will offer his version of the quarterback competition update tomorrow at noon. So if you're on Twitter, social media, you follow the different outlets like Blue and Gold Illustrated, you'll get updates on Marcus Freeman's comments and we'll get a little insight on this quarterback competition, where we stand right now. Again, I just feel like And this is not a shot, a negative toward Drew Pine. I just think there is more upside ceiling for the offense if Tyler Buckner fulfills his ability to throw the football. His running skills offers a huge, huge plus for this Fighting Irish offense. So we'll see where things stand tomorrow. Long way to go. What, 22 days until the Ohio State game? There's not that desperation yet in deciding who the quarterback is. You want to get it decided as quickly as possible, not denying that, but there is still plenty of time for Buckner to get all those first-team reps that the starter gets. And I think Tyler also made a good point. A lot of times Pine was going against the twos, and that can alter the look of things as well. But Pine's pushing, and that's a great, great sign. If you caught earlier in the week, The Irish player's spotlight on Pine, listening to his comments, highly competitive. Lost the competition last year, got a little playing time against Wisconsin and Cincinnati, showed us some good moxie. Sure wasn't scared of the moment, that's for sure. But he's not going to settle for that, and that's a positive. But he's also supporting Buckner, and Buckner's supporting Pine. It's a good quarterback room right now. So... Again, like I said yesterday, what's the old saying? If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. That's not the case here. You've got two, what I will call right now, winning quarterbacks. We've only seen them throw, what, a combined 65 times in their collegiate career, so I'm not going to go any further than that. That'd be kind of ridiculous to start throwing around Heisman trophies and All-American talk. we got to see them on the field more. 65 passes is not a lot, small sample size. But based on that, I think we have winning football players. But do we have championship quarterbacks? That is to be determined. 529 is our time. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Coming up, our Twitter question of the day. Also, our Irish player spotlight focuses on linebacker Marist Leofau. Good football player and a pretty good singer as well, as we found out. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat brought to you by Budweiser, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, and Pet Refuge on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com on the WSBT Radio app, and we're live on Twitch.
Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Five thirty-four at Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT, your home of the Fighting Irish. You can hear the season opener in every Notre Dame football game right here on WSBT Radio. You know the drill. September third, seven thirty, Horseshoe, Columbus, number five Notre Dame, and number two Ohio State. The Irish, a two touchdown, two touchdown underdog. Taking on the Buckeyes. I'm sure that's been mentioned a couple of times. Even the coaches never like to talk about odds in Las Vegas, but I mean, that's just juicy. That's gravy. You talk about that with your football team. Ah, my poor football team. Yeah, we're going to go and lose by two touchdowns. We're a 14 point underdog. We got no chance. That just puts a little extra fire under your football team. Not that you need extra motivation. I mean, if you can't get up for Ohio State in the horseshoe, I'm not sure why you're playing football. But every little thing you can use, you know coaches definitely will use it. So we'll see what happens on September 3rd. Can't wait. We are closing in on that first game. A week from tonight, high school football in the state of Indiana gets underway. Mishawaka, Mishawaka, Marion. That should be a dandy of a football game to kick off a brand new season here in the area. And we'll have that game for you. One of our stations here at the Midwest Family Group. So looking forward to another season of Mishawaka Caveman football here on our group of stations. All right, 536 at WSBT. One really quick note for our local listeners. For those of you that enjoy golf, a reminder, the Four Winds Invitational, the Epson Tour event is at South Bend Country Club. The Epson Tour is the minor league tour for the LPGA. And the first round is taking place today at South Bend Country Club. And six under par leads the way right now from China. Yan Lu was even par through four holes. Then went birdie, 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 birdie. Birdied five through ten. And right now on the course playing the par 416th at six under par. She's got a one-shot lead. And the top American player is Kenzie Wright tied for seventh after a three under par 69. So the first round continues at South Bend Country Club. Second round tomorrow. And the final round, the third round, coming up on Sunday. So if you're interested in golf, maybe you've got some kids. It's a, a great environment to watch these young ladies play. And, folks, they hit it an absolute mile. Fun competition out at South Bend Country Club. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, my Twitter account is at 960SportsBeat. Each weekday, I come up with a Twitter question of the day, post it on my Twitter account, ask you to vote on it, and the next day, we pass along the results on the program. So yesterday's question, of these three choices, what is the best way to describe the 2022 Notre Dame football team compared to the 2021 Notre Dame football team? Here were the three choices. Choice number one, 
the 2022 Irish will have a better record than the 2021 Fighting Irish. Choice number two. The 2022 Irish will have a worse record than last year's team, mainly because the schedule is tougher. The 22 team is a better team than 21, but the schedule will lead to a worse record. Third choice, much simpler. The 2022 Irish will have a worse record than last year's team because simply the team is not as good. You have had your say. Here is the results. Third place in the voting with just 6%. The 2022 Irish will have a worse record because this year's team is not as good. I have a hard time imagining that will be reality. The only way, in my opinion, that the 22 Irish team has a worse record than last year's team is because the team is not as good is if the quarterback play is not nearly as good as we anticipate. Defensive line is going to be strong. I like the secondary linebacking core in pass coverage might be a, a bit of a concern. Depth at running back and wide receiver. Yeah, we can, we've talked about that, but I think the offensive line is going to be an absolute anchor for this football team. So unless the quarterback position doesn't bring to the table what we expect, I just don't see that being reality. That statement, not buying in. Second in the voting, 42% of the vote, the 2022 Irish will have a better record than the 2021 Irish. That's a tough one. To me, I think they're, if I had to give my prediction right now, they're a 10-2 and two football team. I think there's a very good chance they win at USC. I'm not convinced outside of their skill positions that they are a complete football team right now. So sitting here today on August the 12th, if we pick the schedule right now, I have Notre Dame beating USC at the Coliseum. The problem is those other two highly competitive games, at Ohio State, home against Clemson. Those are the two that hold me up. Now, if I had to say right now, I think Ohio State beats Notre Dame, but within the 14.5-point spread, I think it will be closer. Let me know how good Notre Dame's quarterback play is, and I might change my answer one way or the other. That is holding me back at this particular time. There's just so much unknown. I know about C.J. Stroud. Yeah, he's doggone good. You know, Ohio State's offensive line was a little up and down last year. That might be something the Irish can take advantage of with their outstanding defensive line. So that's a fun little storyline. But Irish quarterback play holds me back from a lot of things. I just don't know. Not a negative, but it's more of kind of show me at this point. If Jack Cohn was my quarterback, I would be like, heck, Notre Dame can win this football game. And maybe these guys will play just as well as Jack Cohn in their own way. And then game on in Columbus. But it'll be the first collegiate start for whoever gets the job. That's a lot to ask. Big, big ask. So I'm probably not sold on that answer either. 
So I agree with the majority. I think the definitive answer for this question, what is the best way to describe the 22 Irish football team compared to last year's team? 52% of the vote, the winning vote for the 2022 Irish will have a worse record because of the schedule they played, but they will be an overall better football team than last year's team. Offensive line, better. Running game, better. Wide receiving core, neutral. Tight end play, outstanding. Defensive line, just as good, maybe better. Linebacking core, hopeful. Secondary, like our chances. So I feel like there is a heck of a chance this team could be better, but it may not show in the win-loss record. So 52% who voted say the Irish this year might be a better football team than last year, but the schedule will hold them back. Again, you got, honestly, four marquee games. We talk about home against Clemson at Ohio State at USC, but that BYU game in Las Vegas, don't sleep on that game. They've got a really good offensive line coming back. They've been very good the last few years. That's just one of those games going to Vegas. Hopefully it's not a distraction for the teams. You're on a business trip. But, man, Vegas, those bright lights, you look out the window, man, that would be a lot of fun. So I think there's four marquee games. I think there are eight games that are a lock for victories at this particular time. You're 8-0. Now tell me what happens in those other four games, and that'll be the deciding factor on how good this football team will be. But I think, yeah, they have a chance to be better than last year's team, but much more difficult games for this year's team compared to last year. All right, let's get to today's Twitter question of the day. It's already up right now at 9.60 a.m. Sports Beat. And the question is this. One week into Notre Dame fall camp, which of these four storylines are you most concerned about? Choice number one, the quarterback competition continues. Choice two, depth at the running back position. Option number three, the quality of the wide receivers and their play. And choice number four, the secondary. So again, one week into Notre Dame fall camp, which of these four storylines are you most concerned about? Quarterback competition, running back depth, quality of the wide receiver play, or the secondary? Very early on in the voting, two of the four options are getting almost all the votes. The other two, very minimal. We'll see how it plays out. Check out our vote again on Twitter, my account at 960-SPORTSBEAT. Thank you, as always, for voting in our SportsBeat Twitter questions of the day. 15 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. I'm Darren Pritchett, SportsBeat, brought to you by Budweiser, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Pet Refuge, and Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Coming up in our next segment, we unveil our Irish player spotlight for today, and we are headed to the defensive side of the football. 
Maris Leofow, the likely weak side linebacker for the Fighting Irish, will put him out of the spotlight. You'll hear from Maris coming up in a couple of moments. This is Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. You can listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the app store and Google play. Now back to local sports talk on sports beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. 550 at sports radio 960 WSBT sunshine and 79 degrees. In downtown South Bend. South Bend Cubs baseball tonight, 7.20 pregame, 7.40 first pitch. South Bend visiting the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, the Milwaukee Brewers affiliate. I'm Darren Pritchett. Thanks for joining me. Fighting Irish camp continued today. Fall camp practice number seven. Of note, wide receiver Dion Colsey not on the practice field, working off to the side a knee brace on the left knee. We'll get an update on the status of Colsey tomorrow at noon when Notre Dame head football coach Marcus Freeman meets the media for the first time in eight days. Also an update on the quarterback competition, but I think we're all kind of curious to find out the status of Deion Colsey, short-term or long-term injury for the sophomore wide receiver. It's time for our Irish player spotlight. Today we're focusing on the defensive side of the football. And in the spotlight, we've got good old number eight, Maris Leofowl, suffered a lower body season-ending injury last year, which opened the door for a guy like J.D. Bertrand to get on the field. Leofowl, 6'2", 235, and the senior penciled in as the starting weak side linebacker. So Leah Fowl brings some playmaking ability to the linebacking core. Extremely athletic. Great to have Maris healthy and back on the field for this Fighting Irish defense now run by defensive coordinator Al Golden. Marcus Freeman on having Maris Leah Fowl back on the field and what he could bring to this Notre Dame defense. Um, what makes him special? I mean, he is a high-motor, high-energy guy. He plays the game fast. Um, he steps on the field and, and just loves to compete, you know, and that's probably the thing you love about him most, man. We, we need competitors, and Maris is an ultimate competitor um, and uh, plays the game with passion, and that's what I really, really uh, love about him. You know, he's smart, he's intelligent, usually in the right place, and so um, that's – what are my expectations? They're to be determined. My expectations are always extremely high for those guys, every single one of those players. Um, you know, I hope to, that he continues to, you know, come back and, and, you know, he's not full go yet. He's limited in terms of his reps. And so I want to see him do that, um, be able to get to a, a place where he's 100% full go in practice, and um, then we'll go get to the game and we'll see what happens. And hopefully that will come very, very soon for Maris Leofow and full goal for that opener against Ohio State. Let's give you a chance to hear from the Irish linebacker Maris Leofow. Yeah, I'm just basically um, if I was to take six reps, I'll take three. Uh, I'm just working up, just being cautious on my my uh, transition back to full goal. 
Paris, what did you learn about the game of football being out here last year, and how has that prepared you for the game this year? Yeah, I think um, I've definitely studied a lot more. That's the only thing I could do. Obviously, I couldn't do anything physical in practice, just watching, being observing. Um, that's helped me just uh, improve a lot this year. Ohio State has talked a lot about the sense of urgency in camp because they're playing Notre Dame. Is that likewise here, or is that every week for, for you guys? Yeah, that's. I mean, every opponent we respect. Um, we prepare, we prepare the same way for everyone, so it's always a high urgency around here for um, every week. So that's how we take it day by day. Do you find that you appreciate the game differently after not being able to play last year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just not being able to play it just puts things in perspective that things could be taken away from you in an instant. So being out here every day, I'm just grateful to take every rep I can. What, what did you miss? What I miss most, I miss running around with my my teammates. Uh, just miss being out there with them. It kind of felt like not involved as much just because I couldn't practice and play, but I miss hitting people too. So. Being observant observing last year and coming in this year, does it get, kind of give you like a good perspective to help out your teammates and tell them what you saw when you weren't able to be physically out there? Yeah, for sure, especially for the freshmen. I mean, um, coming in, they don't get as much reps, obviously, as the, the older guys do, starters do. So. Um, just being encouraging to them, be, uh, helping them to stay positive and to, to always be mindful that there's always something they can do whether they're in or not. When you get back out of the field with those guys, what did you see the biggest improvement since last time you were I mean, just that aspect of appreciating the game more. I mean, I love it. We're just going to now, things got a little rowdy right there because as Marist was answering the question, defensive coordinator Al Golden came by and kind of bumped him in the back, and then three other linebackers showed up, the Rover, Jack Kaiser, J.D. Bertrand, and Bo Bauer, and Kaiser decided to encourage Leah Fowl to show off his pipes, his singing skills to the media. So all four guys, I guess, kind of working together on a song, and you hear Maris Leah Fowl sing. You know what? He's not too bad. This might seem strange, but let me know if I'm out of order for stepping you this way. In terms of uh, preparing to hopefully make a college football playoff and win a national championship, what have you learned from a coaching staff that has been there and done that and done that speech? From a coaching staff? Yeah, but what have you learned so far from, from the guys that have been there? Right. Um, just that stacking every day is so important. I mean, going out there and doing what you got to do even when you don't feel like it is just the main thing that they've taught me, um, working hard every day. There you go. Maris Leofal, Irish linebacker, and by golly, a pretty good singer as well. I think you're going to understand where I'm going with this, but hopefully all those linebackers – are on the same page or maybe in sync. That way, if they're in sync against Ohio State, we can say bye-bye-bye to the Buckeyes. That's all I got. 557 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT, our Irish Players Spotlight with weak side linebacker Marist 
Leah Fowl. Still to come, we've got our My 5 question of the day, top five storylines this weekend to watch out for. We've got some Marcus Freeman comments to get to in just a little bit. Also, our sports wagering segment. We continue on Budweiser's weekday sports beat with Notre Dame fall camp underway, practice number seven earlier today. We've got a Sports Center update coming up next, 558 on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960. WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel won by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chase by Gamble. 20, 10. What a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Herb Smith touchdown. Fire, fire, rocket touchdown. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Ten minutes after 6 o'clock, welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat live on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the WSBT radio app. Also, a video stream of the program available on the Twitch My name is Darren Pritchett. Great to have you on board. Currently 77 degrees with sunshine in downtown South Bend. Our Twitter question of the day, we had that during the 5 o'clock hour. If you missed it, one week into Notre Dame fall camp, which of these four storylines are you most concerned about? Your four choices, quarterback competition, running back depth, quality of wide receiver play, or the secondary? You can vote right now on my Twitter account at Nine six zero sports beat. Still to come this hour, we'll have some sports wagering conversation. But right now, we want to focus on this Notre Dame football team that held fall practice number seven earlier today. The top story that we began the program with: Irish sophomore wide receiver Deion Colsey did not practice today. He was in t-shirt and shorts and had a knee brace on the left knee. Now did some side work but obviously not practicing with the football team. No media availability today, but tomorrow head coach Marcus Freeman back in front of the microphone, and we'll get an update on the status of Dion Colsey. Again, with Joe Wilkins down, recovering from an injury. Colsey's status up in the air. You're down to basically right now in practice Six guys, Lorenzo Stiles, Braden Lindsey, Tobias Merriweather, Avery Davis, Matt Salerno, and Jaden Thomas. So a lot like the running back room where you have to really watch the reps due to the lack of numbers right now. Same holds true at wide receiver. You want to get everybody ready for the season. That is the goal, but you're also concerned about repetitions, and the numbers are starting to dwindle. A little bit. Hopefully, Joe Wilkins will be back once the season gets rolling, adding depth to the wide receiver room. But the big move of Jaden Thomas looming even larger right now with the status of Colsey uncertain. So, hopefully, this is a short term injury, not long term, but we'll get some more details on Deion Colsey tomorrow at noon when head coach Marcus Freeman meets the media after practice number eight of Notre Dame fall camp let's go ahead and bring you some Marcus Freeman audio from the last time 
He spoke to the media. And one of the things he was asked, who stood out from spring practice to the beginning of fall practice? Are there some players that really have stood out to him? Anybody making a move? Here's how Marcus Freeman answered a question I don't think any head coach likes because, A, you're only pointing out a couple of guys and coaches like to recognize everybody on the team. There are times you leave out somebody, you forget about somebody that's maybe qualifies to be a part of the answer to that question. So it's never a popular question, and I can understand that. But here's how Marcus Freeman handled it the last time he talked to the media. You know, Jaden Mickey was a freshman that, you know, did a really good job in the spring. And, you know, he's an energy provider. You know, those confident guys that provide energy. Brandon Joseph, same thing. Um, Offensive line, you know, I'll continue to fall back to those guys, man. Zeke Carell, I mean, because of the spring he had and what he showed, we felt the five best offensive line, uh, offensive linemen, to get the five best, five best offensive linemen on the field would, would be to move J-Pat to guard. And so, obviously, he showed us um, a lot of value in the spring. And so, you know, God, I don't like pointing guys out, but uh, – those are just a couple of guys. Yeah, those are just a couple of guys. Yeah. Irish head coach Marcus Freeman. I think Mickey being mentioned there is extremely important. Cam Hart, Clarence Lewis, Tariq Bracey, those are players with experience at the corner and nickel positions, respectively. You know, Cam, I think, is going to do a great job as he continues to grow at the boundary. He and Lewis flip-flopped boundary and field last year I like Cam boundary wide receiver he can be physical in man situations with less real estate to work with with that wide receiver Bracey likely the nickel but then the question is who's number four if there's an injury and but who is someone the Irish can rely on well Mickey making a move I think that is very important so the freshman off to a really really good start maybe Ryan Barnes is someone also that factors into the equation. What about watching the Irish offense? This is a defensive-minded guy, was a defensive player at Ohio State. What does Marcus Freeman see when he watches the fighting Irish offense led by offensive coordinator Tommy Reese? Yeah, it's very it's, – it's complex. It's challenging. Um, you know, defensively, a lot is reaction. You know, recognizing formations and, and reacting to what you see offensively. Um, it, it's reaction, but it's it, it's a, I think it's just a little bit different. There's a lot on our plate in terms of recognizing coverages, recognizing schemes. Um, you know, reacting versus movement on the fly. Um, so it, it's been it's been really good for me to really spend a lot of times with the quarterbacks. You know, to see their progression um, because I tell them all the time, you're going to get blamed if things don't go well. And it isn't always your fault. And perfect example today was Tyler threw a ball. It looked like it was a bad throw. I don't know who it was running the route, kind of didn't run the route exactly right. And I looked at Tyler and I said, hey, that's why you got to hold people accountable. Because from my point of view, I looked at it, man, that was a bad throw. No, that wasn't a bad throw. We got to make sure we run the right route. And so a lot of things fall in there was quarterbacks play. And that's why I spend the most of the time with. Um, and so it's been eye-opening um, to really just spend, to see it from their point of view. I think the one huge positive for this Irish offense, as you break in a first-time starting quarterback, you should have an offensive line that can really carry the load 
for this football team. I think you have as good of two young tackles as any program has in the country in Joe Alt and Blake Fisher. You have a guy that could be an NFL first-round pick, probably worst case, a second-round pick in Jared Patterson, a player that has shown he can play the center position at an extremely high level in the college game, but being asked to be the left guard, which I have no worries about whatsoever. Extremely technique-driven, offensive lineman, strong at the point of attack. I think he is going to be a major upgrade at the left guard position. And Zeke Carell takes over for Patterson at the center spot. The Irish seem to have a lot of confidence in him. And Josh Lug, who's played a lot of football, moving from tackle to guard to help out at the right guard spot. I just would be shocked if this is not a strength of this football team. And as you break in a new quarterback, it's nice to have an offensive line that hopefully you can run the football behind. And I'm really curious to see how defenses handle this offense with some questions at the wide receiver position and an All-American possible top 10 pick in the NFL draft last next spring in tight end Michael Mayer. Our team's going to absolutely say, you know what, he's not going to beat us. And for a good number of snaps of the game, try to double-team him, which opens up a lot of opportunities. I think Lorenzo Styles can just absolutely dominate this year. That's my hope. And I think the running game can be good, especially if it's Buckner at quarterback. you got basically another runner at the quarterback position. 618, Darren Pritchett with you. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT Radio. Speaking of possible first-round picks, well, Isaiah Foskey could be in an NFL camp right now. Not saying he would have been a first-round pick last year. Probably would have been second, third round. But the Irish edge rusher really started to come into his own as a pass rusher last year. Now, I still think there is the ability to improve his pass rushing skills, add more weapons to the arsenal, be better against the run. Another year under Matt Bayless, strength and conditioning can only help a guy like Isaiah Foskey, really anybody on the football team. So you think about Isaiah Foskey this year has a chance to propel himself up on the draft, maybe a first-round pick, at the same time chasing a national championship. You look at Foskey, he looks pretty well-rounded, but there are still next steps for Isaiah Foskey, according to head coach Marcus Freeman. Tremendous amount. He's got a he can improve in so many different areas, and, he, and I'm talking about a guy that's really, really good. Right, and he's continued to perfect his pass rush. How do you play against the run? You know, how do you continue to be recognized offensive sets and formations, and all those different areas can help him enhance. You know, and and he wants to. He he's a hungry guy. He came back for a reason, and um, him and Coach Washington, I know they meet often and look at different ways to help him improve as an individual for sure. Well, he's going to get a lot of attention. Really excited about Riley Mills at the opposite. Defensive end spot, that big defensive end spot, moved out there after showing we could, what he could do in a regular season game last year, and now he could be ready for, I don't know if a breakout season is the right way to describe Riley Mills, because he's already, coming into the season, a really good football player, but now opportunities as a starter on the outside to really show what he can do to help this Fighting Irish defense. So we all know Marcus Freeman played at Ohio State, as Cincinnati 
defensive coordinator he faced Ohio State in Columbus, so this is not going to be something brand new when he leads the Fighting Irish into Columbus September 3rd for the season opener. And we all know Marcus has been asked about and will be asked about again facing his former team, and I think he's got his answer pretty well down. I know what it's like to to be in the busy locker room, be on the other side of the field. This is about Notre Dame football. And I know some of the headlines will be me going back to my alma mater, but my focus point is Notre Dame football and preparing this team. And then we get to September 3rd, um, Ohio State happens to be the opponent. Now, the great thing is it's a great opponent, right? And, and what better way to challenge yourself and to see where we are as a team than to face an opponent like that? But this has nothing to do with, you know, me going back to my alma mater. This is about Notre Dame playing Ohio State. And Marcus will be on that opposing sideline once again taking on his alma mater. And on top of everything else, at least according to the preseason polls, a top-five matchup. The coaches have Notre Dame number 5 and Ohio State coming in at number 2. Buckeyes are thinking playoff once again. They think about playoff every single year, and Notre Dame is as well. The Buckeyes' schedule is easier than Notre Dame's. I mean, their toughest game, Notre Dame is on their home field. Arguably, their second toughest game, Michigan, is on their home field. That is two top ten teams coming to the horseshoe. So there is an avenue that is extremely possible for Ohio State to get back to the playoff. If you lose to Notre Dame on your home field, then all of a sudden everything changes. But I'm just saying Everything lays out pretty well for them. I know they have to go to Penn State. you got to take on Michigan State. I believe that's in East Lansing off the top of my head. So it's not like it's a cakewalk, but I think if we compare schedules, Notre Dame's more challenging than this Ohio State football team, and they play on the more difficult side of the Big Ten when you got Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, always some good challenges for Ohio State and some pretty good challenges for everybody else on that side of the division having to deal with Ohio State each and every year. Finally, Marcus Freeman was asked about social media significance. The Irish have absolutely hit it out of the park this year in recruiting with Marcus Freeman in charge. They have bolted near the top of the 2023 recruiting rankings. They're leading the way in 2024. And Marcus Freeman, I don't know any other way to say it. He is just so much more personable and likable than Brian Kelly. You see people across the country after the Hangover parody came out as they unveiled the Shamrock Series jerseys for the game in Vegas against BYU. People that are not Irish fans, I saw him say, you know what, Marcus Freeman is making Notre Dame cool. And that's a cool thing. But Marcus Freeman has a great smile, a great personality. He seems to be very friendly and kind when he meets the media, does interviews. It never feels like when he talks, it's about him. I honestly listen to him, and it's like he is speaking for the entire football team. It's not about him. Previous coaches, I didn't feel that way. It was kind of about, hey, look at me, and making statements so they stay in the spotlight. Marcus, I don't think, could care less about the spotlight. He's trying to make this football team highly successful. You know, 
by watching videos, how he talks about the players, loves these guys, loves this football team. He's just more likable and personable. He seems like a guy, if you saw him at the bar or at a restaurant, you could sit down and have a, a nice conversation with him, and it would be like one of your old buddies from high school or college. Other coaches, it would be uncomfortable, and you would feel like that this person has no care at all that I'm sitting here, but Marcus just feels different. He just has a different vibe about him, and that's why if he is highly successful, I personally think he could go down as one of those coaches that everybody will always love in more recent times, look at Lou Holtz. People still talk about Lou Holtz. Hey, you know, Darren, when Lou was the coach, he did this. Or when Lou was here, he did that. Now, that's died down a little bit since Brian Kelly had success bringing this program back to life. We don't hear as much about, well, when Lou Holtz was here, he would use this or he would do that. That's died down a little bit because for years, when it was – Davey and Willingham and Weiss, things didn't always go smoothly, so Lou Holtz was always the answer. BK won a lot of football games, brought this team back to life, so that's died down, but Lou is still admired by so many Irish fans, and I think Marcus can go down to that category if he has the type of success that Notre Dame believes he can bring to this football program. But being more likable, this is a great tool for fighting Irish media that can use Marcus Freeman to help the football program. I just can't see some other coaches doing some of these parodies. You think back to the green jersey announcement for the Cal game. They use Marcus Freeman in kind of a a tongue-in-cheek way where he's reading tweets about how people are frustrated. You have a green out at Notre Dame Stadium, but you don't wear green jerseys. Well, they're going to wear green jerseys. And they had Marcus reading those tweets. It worked beautifully. It was so much fun. Head coaches can be fun. They don't have to act like jerks or be obnoxious. It can be fun. And that's why I hope Marcus is successful. It's great having a coach that's kind of fun. Now, if you're a Patriot fan, you know, I'm sure you love Bill Belichick and we, you know, we're on to Cincinnati. That's great. That's dandy. He's had unbelievable success. And I'm sure Patriots fans could care less that Belichick hardly speaks when he talks to the media, never looks like he's happy about anything. But to me, it's just more fun when you have a very likable head coach. And man, do the Irish have one in Marcus Freeman. So the parody of the hangover, home run. The green jersey announcement, home run. It just works so well with Marcus being in charge of this football program. And Marcus was asked about the significance of social media and how it can help him get the word out even more about this fighting Irish football program. It's important, you know, but I think for me, I have a team around me that understands if this will help this football program, I'm always going to say yes. Listen, I don't want to go to, I wasn't begging to go out to Las Vegas and, and try to do a hangover parody or, or do this green jersey thing. But when the team, we got an FIM team, our fighting Irish media that comes and says, hey, we've got a great idea. This is going to help our program. Absolutely. Well, let's go. Let's do it. And so I would say for the most part, anything, we live, anything they got, those, those individuals um, ask me to do, I'm going to be willing to do it because I know if they ask me to do something, it's going to help our football program. 
Love the attitude. Got to be available. And he has been. And even going beyond helping the football program, he will help other programs. I know Neil Ivey had her first golf tournament out at Blackthorne earlier this summer. And guess who showed up to be a part of the announcements before the golfers went out? Yeah, there was Marcus Freeman. He was there supporting Neil Ivey and the Irish women's basketball program. I know after he was named head coach, I want to say that Marcus showed up at the Compton Family Ice Arena for Notre Dame hockey games. I think he was at three or four games, if I'm not mistaken. He was there the day he was named head coach, if I'm not mistaken. But he showed up several times, and it's awesome. It is great to see him support other Fighting Irish programs. 6.29 is our time. Darren Pritchett with you. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish. We'll get to a little sports wagering talk coming up in just a couple of moments. Hope you'll stick around on this Friday evening. We're halfway through the 6 o'clock hour. We're done at 7. South Bend Cubs baseball at 7.20 on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. 636 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hope you're having a great Friday. Thanks for joining me on 960 AM WSBT, a live stream at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT Radio app. Also available on the Twitch app. Just search Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Some comments I received on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Last night's program, I mentioned five players in the My Five Question of the Day that are on the Notre Dame football team in fall camp. It might be time for them to really put the pedal to the middle. It's time for them to fulfill their promise. Or if they don't get it done now, maybe they get passed by and don't have another opportunity. And three of the main guys I mentioned, Braden Lindsay, the Irish wide receiver, tight end Kevin Bauman on the nose, Jacob Lacey. And I asked if anybody had a player or two that they felt like should have been mentioned. And there were a couple of really good thoughts. I think Michael hit it pretty well. I guess I felt like he was going to be a part of some packages this year. Not necessarily a starter, but a part of packages. So I didn't list him, but I think this is a very fair answer. Michael went with Houston Griffith, but it seems like... that time has passed him by. He also mentions Clarence Lewis, who is likely going to be a starter for this football team, looking to bounce back from that Oklahoma State game. But I think Griffith is a good choice. A lot of opportunities in the starting lineup for Houston Griffith. He could have been a grad transfer this year, went somewhere else. I know Brett Bielema, the Illinois head coach, Talked to Houston, and he kind of said, I got the cold shoulder. Now, keep in mind, Houston's dad, Howard, was a great running back for the Fighting Illini back in the late 80s, I want to say, maybe trickling into the early 90s. But Houston decided to come back. You've got Brandon Joseph, and D.J. Brown is looking really, really good for this football team. So those are probably your starters. Houston has a role. But with the way DJ has come on, you wonder 
if that full-time role has passed a guy like Houston Griffith by. Also, Mason mentioned Tosh Baker, the offensive tackle. I think Harry Heastan still sees something in Baker, so the door isn't shut yet, but I think that is also a fair guy to mention. I like what Bowler Jeff sent me from a post of a shot of one of those Little League games that are going on right now. I guess it's the regionals at this time. There was a kid from Wyoming playing in this whatever round it is. He's at the plate, and he doesn't have batting gloves on. He has gloves that basically look like a rancher would have. He's got ranching work gloves on, the type you would use if you're doing some heavy work. You don't want to get your hands all dinged up. Yeah, There's no straps. There's no Velcro. It's just that old-style rancher's gloves. It was like after the game, he was going to go to the rodeo. He was going to hop on a bull. Those are the type of gloves he's got on at the plate. It's fantastic. And he's hitting home runs with those rancher gloves. I mean, that's pretty doggone cool. It's a way to get yourself mentioned on social media because I've never seen anything like that, but kid wears rancher's gloves at the plate. He's hitting dingers, so it is definitely working out for him. Also, let's see what else popped up. Bobby has chimed in and said, haven't seen much of the quarterbacks. Hopefully one or more are wowing. If we get good quarterback play, I feel Notre Dame will have a really good season. Bobby, I am with you on that. I think if the Irish get quarterback play, like last year, again, it'll probably done in a different way. Jack Cohn and Tyler Buckner on different spectrums in terms of their traits. Drew Pine has a little bit more Jack Cohn in him than Tyler Buckner. But, yeah, if you get good quarterback play, I think the rest of the football team is ready to have a lot of success. So I am definitely with you on that. Give me good quarterback play, and I'm guaranteeing you another double-digit win season for this football team. Joseph, just a couple of moments ago, chiming in on what I just talked about. Joseph says, I agree completely with you, Darren. I believe Marcus is a genuine human being. I will no longer mention his predecessor, and we are all behind him. Yeah, Marcus seems like an awesome guy. I will say this. This may surprise you, but away from the cameras away from the lights, away from microphones, I thoroughly enjoyed on a couple of occasions just talking like you and I are talking, except without microphones, with Charlie Weiss. I had Charlie Weiss for an inning in a South Bend Cub game. It was right around the time that Deflategate was going on. The deflated footballs that the Patriots were allegedly using and actually got reprimanded for. And so I asked Charlie about that. He goes, honestly, I've never heard anything about this. We never did anything like that. But we had an inning of conversation. It was fun. It was enjoyable. Even during the commercial breaks, had a fun conversation. I almost get the impression that when Charlie was the head coach, He wanted to kind of become Bill Belichick in the media sessions, mysterious, elusive, and I just don't think that was his personality. He figured things out a little late, but 
I thought he made some good alterations, but he just seemed to be a, a step behind at times. But away from the media, away from the spotlight, Charlie was actually a fun guy to talk to, a fun guy to be around. I don't know if that would be a surprise to you just because all you as an Irish fan could go by is watching him on the sideline or listening to the press conferences. I just felt like he was a different guy away from all that, and I thoroughly enjoyed being around him. Willingham was kind of like who he was in the media sessions, very guarded, very protective. You tried to joke with him a little bit. It was it was hard, it felt like. It was a little bit more challenging. I was only around Coach Davey a couple of times, and he kind of was who he was on the field, nothing too surprising. You know, BK was okay to talk to away from the spotlight. You could have some some good conversations, that's for sure, but he was still just a little more stiff than obviously we've seen from the new head coach, Marcus Freeman. So thanks for all the responses. You can always drop me a line on Twitter at my Twitter account at 960sportsbeat. Show me the money. We go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. Just watching a highlight that popped up on Twitter. Aiden Hutchinson, the Michigan defensive end taken by the Lions in the first round. Absolutely blew up a play in the backfield and a tackle for loss. On the Falcon running back as they play up at Ford Field. Hard knocks featuring the Lions. Hutchinson was portrayed as a pretty fun guy with that hour special as he had to sing in front of the team as most rookies do. And sure does look the part. Man, he just absolutely went right by the Falcon left tackle. I hope he's not the starter. If so, (laughs) good luck to the Falcons because he absolutely whiffed on Hutchinson on that play. All right, our sports wagering segment. Well, so far I've had a winning record for every month we've had this particular segment, but off to a slow start here in August. The football season can't get here quick enough. 6 and 9 this week, 6 and 9 for the month of August, but still 14 games over 500 for the season. The four suggestions last night, I went 2 and 2. The two I won, I took the Cubs on the money line over the Reds in the Field of Dreams game at minus 105, and the Cubbies won 4-2. to two. I also had to take a couple of NFL preseason games just because there was so much afternoon baseball yesterday, not much to work with. I took Kyle Hamilton, the Ravens, minus 3 over the Titans at minus 115, and Baltimore beat Tennessee 23-10. to 10. The two losses last night, Tough one, the Orioles on the money line at the Red Sox at plus 105. Red Sox pulled off a 4-3 victory. And the Giants won on a last-second field goal. Danny Dimes and the Giants beat the Patriots 23-21. They won by two. I took the Giants minus two and a half. Nothing like an early season hook loss to begin the football season. It feels like I'm in mid-season form. The old hook gets you so many times. In football, and sure enough, last night, the G-Men won the game, but we came up a half a point short. 
So here are the four suggestions for tonight. We start with a two-team parlay from Major League Baseball, going with the Mets on the money line over the Phillies, the White Sox on the money line over the Tigers. You combine the two, you get the parlay at plus 116. I'm backing Scherzer and the Mets, taking on a Phillies team without Kyle Schwarber, who suffered a calf injury in yesterday's game against Miami, so they're down a big bat taking on the mighty Mets. And the White Sox, I don't know what we're going to get out of them. I don't know. They're back to 500. It's Kopech against Norris. They're taking on the Tigers. They're at home. Come on, Sox. Seriously. Come on. Give me something here. Please. So two-team parlay, Mets and Sox on the money line at plus 116. Choice number two, I'm taking the Twins on the money line at the Angels. It's been a tough go for the Twins on this road trip out west, but they're not playing the Dodgers anymore. They're taking on the Angels, and Tyler Molly, the former Reds right-hander, takes the mound for the Twins tonight. Take it on Sandoval, who's been good for the Angels, but I'm going Minnesota on the money line at minus 130. Choice number three, Orioles at Rays. I'm going to go with over seven and a half runs between these two teams tonight at minus 115. And finally, fourth and final suggestion for tonight, the Rockies are just a different team at home. They're four games over, 500 at Coors Field. So I'm going the Rockies on the money line at home against the Diamondbacks at minus 120. So the four suggestions for tonight, two-team parlay, Mets and White Sox on the money line at plus 116. Twins on the money line at the Angels at minus 130. Orioles and Rays over 7.5 total runs at minus 115. And the Rockies on the money line at home against the Diamondbacks at minus 120. Our underdog pick has to be a plus number. And I'm going to go with the Guardians on the money line at the Blue Jays at plus 140. Jose Barrios is either really good or really bad starting on the mound for the Blue Jays. I'm hoping for the bad Barrios tonight. I'm going first place Guardians on the money line as my underdog pick at plus 140. 11 minutes in front of 7 o'clock at WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 